Welcome to The Baby Monitor, a podcast of family horrors. This episode takes place immediately after episode 11. If you remember, Richard and Lissa had gotten in a fight. Richard had taken Asher into the bedroom, and Lissa had gone downstairs to sleep on the couch. And this is where we find her. Act 2, episode 12. Downstairs, Lissa Platt rages. She opens cupboards and shuts them, opens drawers and shuts them, opens windows and lets the air in and enjoys the breeze until she's ready to not feel it anymore. And so she shuts the window, saying as she does, I control this house. I control this house. I control this house. Her glass is empty. She makes it full. She looks at the label, super premium, can't afford this anymore. That's okay, it'll drink Jack Daniels, and Lissa ignores the conscience in her head. Her mother's voice, or maybe her father's, or maybe Richard's, telling her, you can't afford Jack Daniels either, because you quit your job. Yes, she quit her job, and it won't slow her down. She'll make twice as much. She'll make twice as much, and she'll do it right here in this kitchen. She goes to the mudroom, opens the closet, and retrieves her kit, her neck brush, her straight razor her fast and sharp Japanese steel shears. She picks them up and snips at the air and realizes just how much she believes she is twice the stylist any of the girls at the salon could ever be. She has been wasting her life sitting in an office so small it could be a closet. She belongs on her feet. Lissa rummages in the kitchen for a pad of paper and smack, lays it down on the marble island and smack, lays her phone next to it. Tomorrow, everyone she's ever met is getting a call announcing the opening of a new salon, Lissa's Salon, currently in the kitchen of a two-floor family home at the end of a cul-de-sac, but coming soon to a storefront somewhere with a neon sign and glass walls and shelves full of product and retro barber chairs and a bar, yes, a bar, where girls will bring women drinks while they wait. Lissa toasts herself, flops onto the couch, pulls a blanket over her, feels the wool scratch at her neck and tickle beneath her face. For several minutes, her heart pounds so hard as she thinks about the new beginning she's accidentally created for herself, and then her head starts to spin a little, and then a lot, and she decides, she decides, it is time for her to sleep. She has been staring at the ceiling and hugging herself to stay warm for a long time, maybe even an hour, before she consciously thinks, I am awake. She is not sure how long she was asleep. But somehow the lights are off, and somehow her blanket has been lifted, pulled from her body, spread on the floor in the middle of the room, a light blue square on the dark wood floors, lit only by starlight come laughing through the window. She rolls to the ground and very slowly crawls to the blanket, as if she suspects a trap. She tugs at the edge and draws the blanket to her, pulling it around her like a cape, and then she stands. The starlight shows the wreckage, an empty bottle, her phone, names and numbers scribbled on scraps of paper, her neck brush, her straight razor, and that is all. There is something missing, and in this quiet house, she hears that something, hears it calling her from up the stairs and around the bend. Snip. The whoosh of air rushing, the snick of blades closing. Her skin shivers and her ears pin against her skull, pulling her face back until her eyes cannot close and so they start to water. She takes a step towards the stairs and she hears it again. Snip. Snip. 
Issa Platt takes each stair slowly, feeling the carpet beneath her bare feet, one hand holding the blanket around her neck like a cloak, the other reaching for the banister in the darkness, using it to guide her. At the top now. She passes Asher's room, turns as she does, waiting for some awful banshee to come from it, screaming as if all the house's certain silence had never been silence at all, but just a breath being held, held until the lips could open and the teeth come out. She backs down the hallway, listening for the sound, the snip, but there's nothing, and soon she reaches the bedroom. She peeks into the shower, underneath the bed, nothing, nothing at all, and then there are just the lumps on the mattress, the mummies waiting to be set free. Her eyes flash between the door and the bed, not sure where the greater danger lies. But this, this is just her husband and child, and they're sleeping at last, at long last, a full night of sleep for her baby boy. Lissa shuts the door, though it does not close. She gets into their family bed. She lies on her side and watches the light from the hallway shine through the hole in the door, waiting for it to be blocked by a shadow, until finally dawn breaks, and the day she wants so badly arrives. Thank you for listening to The Baby Monitor, a podcast of family horrors.